and we're back for episode who even cares because numbers don't matter not even if you're jeff bezos um but it's a new episode and that's a good thing so welcome back to the show. this is the second time we're doing this guys we recorded this earlier and on discord and then we got disconnected and then it didn't record so okay, now we're here. so we're giving you like a refresh um no 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 we're reframing our weekly wrap-up i've got to punch my own brand come on Mm-mm. Anyway, let's get into the highlight special. Do, 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 do. I'm doing sound. I'm doing sound now as well. By the way, I, I noticed that. I was going to say this should be like a speed round of this. These are the, they're not the biggest things, but some of the things that have happened. So let's jump into it. Apple Music lossless audio. So. Apple is bringing lossless audio to Apple Music. They're not doing it as a separate tier. They're going to be including it in the normal tier that we all pay, however much we pay for, depending on where in the world you are. Um, it's a great thing. Deezer's done it for a while. That's what title was you sort of using as the big selling point. Uh, Spotify said they're bringing lossless audio later this year. Amazon Music uh, also has done lossless audio, but they had it as a separate tier, which was above the highest tier. They charged more. And then Apple was like, hey, we're doing lossless audio, no extra costs. And then all of a sudden, Amazon was like, we're doing lossless audio at no extra cost. It's part of the high tier. We're not going to give you, we're not going to charge you extra money for it. And I was like, mm-hmm, of course, I mm, wonder why. Look here, also, firstly, lossless audio. Like, I know then that's a name and it's, it makes sense. But at the same time, lossless is a stupid name. They could have gone for so many, lossless feels like, it just doesn't <laughs> feel right for this audio. Because like, they, they could have given a like high quality, HQ, HD, the ultra i don't know but i just feel like lossless ultra. feels like everything else has something lost and i hate that because it means that anything else is not uh, worthy it's also do we need it this is the other i don't think we need stuff like this because i go my earphones that i use is my phone's earphones my it's my tv that, that uh, this the soundbar that i use Not, do i really need audio quality at this level no, I thought you had something else to say. Um, I was, I was going to say because I go, we, we, I, like, I can't even keep up with 4K. Like, I go, 1080 is what I run at max. Like, 4K is not even a thing in my world. Do we need this high quality audio as well? So, the easy answer to your question is no, we don't need it. But it's that thing in the world where, do you need an S21 Ultra? No. It's a great phone. I've, you know, use it. You you own one. I, um, you know, I own the S21 Plus. But that's not to say that, you know, that that uh, Ultra is not a great phone. It's just you don't need it. And I think that's the thing we're seeing with a lot of tech stuff. It's it's nice to have, but it's not a, a need to have. And I think with lossless audio, which I get why you don't like the name. And I think that calling it like high def or HD or all these different things that different platforms call it is confusing. Yeah. Also, the the, the other thing I have is... So Apple's going to call it loss, um, lossless, list loss, I don't know. And then um, Sony's going to call it something else. Then Deezer's going to call it something but, else. But that's a branding like... thing, and that's the problem. These companies are doing it for branding, and it's they want to say it's the same, and not always. Like There's a whole technical thing we're not going to get into because I'm not qualified to get into it. We can get an audio person in and actually know who to speak to. We can get them in, we can chat about this and see what they have to say. Um, I will actually, I'll reach out once we're done with this. and We'll see if we can get... Um, someone to speak about it but i get your point it's a marketing thing it's going to cause confusion um you don't need lossless audio but it's also part of this whole thing of immersive content like think about everything that's happening every time they bring you 4k 8k um you know all sorts of things 
oh, it's a more immersive experience, which I get. Um, and I think lossless audio will do that. But I, the, I think the big problem is, well, at least the big problem people have is, it's great that they're not going to charge you extra for it. It doesn't work with AirPods, AirPods Pro, or AirPods Max. And AirPods Max in the country costs like 11,000 rand. Just 11? Do you know what I can buy for 11,000 rand? Are these people? Mm-mm. Sorry, anyway. It's disrespectful. Also, because now it just means that if you want lossless, then it means you must now buy the new one. And you've already bought the new one last year. But here's the thing. There's a guy called John Prosser. Um, he does a YouTube channel called Front Page Tech. Go check it out. Um, he is well known for his tech leaks. So he's done, last year, December, he sort of leaked the Apple AirTags. It's final design, actually, which is exactly what it ended up looking like, which was like, wow. Um, he leaked iMacs before Apple announced the new iMacs. He leaked the colors and stuff. Um, he leaked stuff for Android 12 ahead of Google I.O., got it spot on the money, including what Android 12 is going to look like. And we're going to talk about them in a few minutes. Um, he's now also done recent leaks about Google Pixel 6, and which was actually, the leaks were substantiated by another well-known leaker, uh, Max Weinbach. And then he's also leaked what he says is going to be, he thinks, um, MacBook Air. And there's now rumors that Apple's going to unveil new MacBooks at Worldwide Developer Conference on the 7th of June, which is not a thing that happens very often. Usually these things get their own launch, but he seems to be right on the money. So he was saying that with lossless music, there's a couple of things you need to think about here. Apple made the announcement in the middle of their battle with Epic, you know, where Epic is like, you know, Monopoly, mm-hmm. Apple's still controlling, blah, 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 the whole shebang. Um, and he's like, is it normal for Apple to announce something and then say, oh, it doesn't work with our stuff? He's like, no, it's not an Apple thing. It's not who they are. But they can't go and say, hey, you know, we're announcing this lossless thing that only works with, you know, AirPods and AirPods Max and stuff in the middle of a battle where they're being accused of being a monopoly because then it makes them look like a monopoly. So he's saying what he's hearing is that Apple is going to be using Bluetooth because Bluetooth is apparently the issue. Bluetooth doesn't have the codec support to be able to carry lossless audio because the file size is too big, the quality degrades over Bluetooth. That's Makes all sense, thing. yeah. And he's like, Apple wants to use Bluetooth to help you discover like your AirPods or Max, AirPods Max or AirPods Pro, whatever. But then not use Bluetooth as the connection, use AirPlay, which has made its way into like Samsung TVs, LG TVs and stuff, a few others, which was surprising on its own. Um, use AirPlay to actually, you know, carry the lossless audio over to your headphones, which makes sense because it's essentially just like a Wi-Fi direct connection and it is capable of carrying that quality and that sort of file size and portrait and everything, which is actually kind of a genius move because it's Apple doing the thing that they do, existing technology, let's make it work for us in a way that no one else would are doing, and then kind of brand it as our own thing. And it's actually kind of smart because then it'll work with the existing products. And I was like, I kind of love this actually, but I kind of hate this, but I love this. But it's also the thing of, are we, I feel like we've seen Bluetooth catch up every year. It gets a little faster, a little stronger. Uh, more things are using it. Me um, at the even, gym. Oh, not that last part. <laughs> but even like on uh, um, the remotes now using somewhat uh, Bluetooth as well, isn't it? There's, um, um, there was I some, there was some so. TV remote that was also using Bluetooth. And then I was like, oh, that's, that's really cool. Because you go, it's a safer connection, especially if it's a, um, it's one of the, like, a, I'll say the new TVs remotes because there's so much other things you're doing uh, regarding, like, it's a keyboard, it's a, um, you use it as a whole, as a f- fully functional control, not just a point and click. So I think while they're going to use uh, Wi-Fi, 
I also think Bluetooth in itself, the company is going to step its game up to make stronger, better Bluetooth. I feel like you know something I don't. Spill it, Yasin. I, um, I don't know. I just feel like Bluetooth as a company, they step, they step the game up. We, they're also one of the technologies we take for granted on our phones that we just go, eat that. Like they don't even mention it on phones anymore. It just comes with it. So I feel like they work and in levels we don't know. So I'm, I hope that they step up as well. I hope so too, um, because we ha- you're right, we have seen Bluetooth step up, but I think it's like battery technology, where we've seen battery technology step up, but fundamentally it hasn't changed. And the demands that we placed on our phones, you know, our laptops and things have grown more and more because we've got, you know, high refresh displays. We've got, you know, displays that are running to Quad HD. Um, in the case of Sony, there used to be phones where you get like a phone where it's 4K. Um, you know, we're using our phones as the center of everything. Like I'm controlling my smart light, checking the temperature. Uh, temperature on my kettle i can check a you know remote camera i can do all sorts of things you know digital car key that takes a lot of battery power but battery technology hasn't evolved at the speed it should have it's the same thing i think with bluetooth i think the demands we place on our phones and our devices connected devices is so big right now you know iot 5g and the interconnectedness of everything that i think the bluetooth hasn't kept up it's evolved like the battery technology has but it's not evolved fast enough. So I'd like to see them do something. But if they don't, and Apple does what John Pross is sort of sort of posturing that they're going to do, gonna it's going to start off. Quickly. Yes, but it's going to start a thing in the industry because already you're seeing pick any manufacturer. We not even talk about uh, Apple. You can say Samsung, you can say Apple, you can Sony, pick a company. It doesn't matter. Um, if you, let's say you're using, I'll give you an example of a friend of mine. He's got an Oppo Reno 5 5G. He's got a pair of Samsung Galaxy Buds Pro. He does also, you know, own Samsung devices, but mm. um, he wants to use his Galaxy Buds Pro on the Opera Reno 5 5G. It works. The audio quality you can hear is noticeably different. Now, people are going to look, oh, you know, but maybe that's just the phone. No, mm-hmm. this is a thing that companies have done where if you own a Samsung, for example, yeah, your Samsung Buds are the ones you're going to want to use on it because, you know, you're brand loyal. But you could take those Samsung Buds and use them on your Mac, on your iPhone, you know, on your OnePlus, on your Xiaomi, whatever. But it's not going to sound as good. It's the same with AirPods. AirPods will work on something else, but they're not going to be as good or as easy to pay. It's the same with, you know, Huawei's Buds. These companies have found little ways to lock you in with their codecs and stuff to be like, it'll work. It's just not going to be as good as an experience. So as much as people want to trash Apple for maybe doing something like this, we don't even know if they are. It's not the first time it's been done. They're not the first ones to do it. And if they're doing what they need to do to give you a better experience, I think the question is, is the problem Apple or is there the problem that there's a problem in the industry and they're just going to do what they need to do to fix it? And they don't need to share it with everyone if they don't want to. Capitalism. <laughs> no, but yes, but I mean, let's be honest. No, it's no, fair. Yeah, 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 Why yeah. do they need to? They're a $2 trillion company for a reason. Yeah. No, no, no. I, again, it's the thing of I go, it makes sense for them to do that. I would do that as well. Where I go, it's my things work better with my things. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> why people. But that's why people stay. The experience is so good that I mean, this is what I've been saying about Samsung for forever. You know, since the S twenty one series, especially, the experience is now so good. It doesn't excel at any one thing, but it's such a good, easy experience. I don't want to use any other Android phone. Like I love my Reno five five G. It's a it's a really great device. It really is but it's not a Samsung. And it's purely because of the overall experience. Now, maybe if we had more OnePlus devices, I know they're bringing in routers later this year, um, but if we had more OnePlus devices and a better sort of ecosystem in terms of like the watch and the buds, I might be singing a different story. But Apple, uh, 
you know, Apple has perfected it. Samsung is learning that same art now and they're perfecting it for Android. It's it's a big deal and it makes a big impact on people's lives. And I think companies are waking up to it. But I think the danger in it is as much as we're like, oh, this is making it so much easy. The fragmentation that we were told was not going to happen. It's happening again. It's the same thing, just in a different form. Remember when you used to have like a Samsung phone? I need a Samsung charger because a Nokia charger is not going to fit in here. It's the same yeah. thing now, just with different technologies. Yeah. Well, who was was it? Was it Nokia that broke the um, the the charging fight? I can't remember. When you said Nokia broke, it's like probably the floor when you dropped the phone. But okay. <laughs> um, I, I remember. I, well, I think it was the Swedish government that told Nokia to stop that nonsense and have one one pin charger for all the phones because I think it like was like a fake not a fake thing, but like the wastage behind having multiple chargers for multiple phones was a problem and then they I think it I, I, I remember some story like that. If well you are listening it, and you know the story, please tell us. There was a thing I wanna say last year before where it was the EU who was like, hey, um with USB C we need a standard now um and you should all just be using USB C because of the waste and all the stuff. So but that was recent, not like back in the day when Nokia used to use the circular chargers and Samsung used whatever Samsung used. Um but again, yeah, there's a whole big thing in this and I think the wastage thing is a part of it, although when you're talking about a sort of wireless technology, I suppose it doesn't really count, but there's a lot to discuss in this, which we're not going to get into. It's a different thing. Um, but with the wastage thing, actually, brings us to one of the big things that happened this week, not last week, because we're catching up on this weekend last week. Um, Acer. Acer had a lot to say this week. And full disclosure, I do do some work with Acer, not on this podcast, on another podcast. They do have sponsored episodes. This is not a sponsored by Acer. I wish. Um Soon but enough, I, soon, soon, soon. Hopefully. Uh, don't say it like that because they're going to be like, we didn't say this, Brandon. I'm like, it wasn't me, it was Yassine. I'll give you his it's wish. Now I'm saying that the wish will happen soon. <laughs> okay, no, that's fine. You can you can make the wish, but I'm like, I didn't say this. He said, well, it's not me. If you're going to beat anyone up, which they wouldn't because they're the nicest people, um, go beat Yassine up, not me. Um, <laughs> but Asa actually had a, a nice big announcement. So they did GPC, which is their global press conference. Um, someone actually asked me, a journalist asked me, what does GPC stand for? And I was like, really? Um, so they did GPC the other day, and it's the annual big uh, conference where they're like, here's all the new stuff we're unveiling across gaming, across, you know, our normal sort of laptops, old, old thing. It's it's great. I've been to the event in person uh, in New York a couple of years ago. Actually, a month or two ago, I posted a picture where I discovered, I was taking pictures, and then in the background was um, Tom the Tech Chap who's one of the big tech YouTubers from the UK. Mm. And he was in the background, so I tweeted him, and I was like, is this you? And he laughed, and he was like, a good eye. And he's like, oh, that was a fun event. It really was. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great time there. But anyway, um, <laughs> this is where I play Radiohead. Um, but they had a lot of announcements, like a lot of great new product, um, like a lot of stuff in the gaming range. The Predator series is the gaming range. It's great. In fact, some of the Predator laptops come with mini LED displays, which is phenomenal because there's rumors Apple might be doing that in, in some of the new MacBook Pros. It's on the 12.9-inch M1 iPad Pro that was just recently announced. Um, but that's not even the big news. There was also a thing about like um, there's this whole laptop where it's like a whole 3D thing, like in terms of the display, like you've got to check it out. But the big news for me is the Vero, V-R-O. Sorry, a 3D display. 
Did you not know about this? No, I, I'm going to go read up on it. But at the same time, I go, so can I do the Excel sheets like Minority Report? That's what I want to know. <laughs> okay, so they That's call the only it... the reason I want a 3D dis- display. <laughs> so they, they call it Spatial Labs. Spatial, S-P-A-T-I-A-L. Spatial mm. Labs on Concept D. Concept D, actually, I wrote about it. It's in the May issue of Wanted, which is the lifestyle publication in Business Day magazine. I'm basically just advertising myself. Why not? Um, Actually, and I'm also waiting for a Concept D. They're going to be sending me one, but I've got another laptop of theirs, which I'm using, so... You know, got to cycle through things. Um, but the Concept D is made for content creators because it looks like a normal um, sort of laptop, you know, traditional clamshell design. Yeah, yeah. But when you open it, the display part actually has a, a hinge where it can cantilever. So the hinge can be one way, but then you can sort of fold the display. You've actually got to look at it to see what I'm saying. But it can fold multiple different ways. It works with a stylus. It's actually pretty cool. And I was like, I've never seen anything like this. And I think for someone, whether you're like a graphic designer, whether you're you know, a visual artist, whether you are someone who edits videos, edits audio, you know, whatever, this is the laptop for you because you can go from normal business to, you know, that. And it's super mm. adjustable. It's super expensive. Um, but it's a great, it's a great sort of concept, really, which you can actually buy. So they've done this new one, which they call uh, Concept D. It's got Spatial Lab. Uh, Spatial Labs and Concept D, stereoscopic 3D is what they say. So um, it uses interesting. It uses an eye-tracking stereo camera. I have yet to understand what a stereo camera is, but I'm going to ask them about this. Um, it uses a stereoscopic 3D, 3D display and real-time rendering technologies to give you a new way to interact with your creations. So you can essentially view, like if, you, if you're if you designing a model of something, like you are an architect or something, without having to wear special glasses or anything, you'll be able to almost, according to them, see this thing in almost like 3D kind of thing. I have not seen this in person. If, you know, it hadn't been COVID and I'd been lucky enough to be able to go to New York for um, GPC, I would have been able to see it and tell you. But that's essentially what it is. So it's now going to look like the thing you're drawing and designing is going to float off the screen and sort of pop off the screen, which to me is just like, it's the future and I want to see this, but I will speak to the country manager to see if and when they're going to get any in the country and see what I need to do to get my hands on. I want to just bring one so we can see it. That's that's just, yeah. Like it might be a case where we need to go to go and see it, but I will do what I need to do. But yes, it's a thing. I don't think it's going to work on everything, but yeah, it, it sounds pretty cool. Um, I, I don't even know what else to say, but yeah, it sounds really, really, really awesome. So, um, like, there's a whole program you've got to apply to 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 um, sort of be able to try it out for certain things because they're trying to find use cases. They're trying to find, you know, practical applications for people in the real world and not just be like, hey, here's this fantastic technology that you're probably never going to use. They actually want people to use this. Um, so. And this kind of ties into something we're going to speak a little bit down the line in the podcast, not from Acer, but we'll, we're going to get there. Um but I think it's cool. But that's not the thing that I'm most excited about, as exciting as this is. I'm excited about the Vero announcement, V-R-O. So what Vero is, is essentially Acer um, has now gotten into the whole sustainability thing like everyone else has, but they're doing it in a way that no one else has. Because what they're doing is um, the Acer Aspire Vero, that's the name of the laptop, is made from recycled plastic. Which is pretty damn cool. I feel like it's a game changer, though. 
No, it is mm. because yeah, I'm gonna mock everyone who said this. Hey, we care about the environment, so we're not gonna give you a charger. And it's not just Apple. Samsung's just as guilty. Yeah. And I'm like, that is no, because then if you don't have a charger that works with your thing, you need to order one and it's gonna come in extra packaging. Like this is not helping the planet. Um so what Ace is doing is like we're actually gonna do something, and they've made um a laptop, the EcoSmart Aspire Vero out of recycled plastic. So um I've actually to be to be fair, I've actually known about this for a while. I just couldn't say anything. Um but it's not like this is a sort of like low low spec device. Like this thing is running eleventh gen Intel Core i7 processor. So I get it's so now it's a thing of it's recycled, but because it's still top spec, it's still gonna be top price. Which it's good, but you'd also think recycled would mean cheaper <laughs> which i get i understand why why you said and i think a lot of people think that and i think it's a fair thought to have but the reality of the situation is it does cost money to do this yeah. um and because this is a new process like who else is making laptops with recycled plastic like That's let's true. be honest no one else is so the manufacturing process doesn't exist yet you know so they've had That's to put true. together a process for this it takes time and money and effort to you know harvest these plastics whether it's from the oceans or you know wherever they're getting it um you know then you've got to sort of break it down into something you can still use so that's a whole process like it's a whole thing you know and then it's a new manufacturing process to actually make this so that costs time it costs money you know um it's it's research is development. It it is unfortunately going to be expensive in the beginning, but I think that's also why they're targeting the higher end with this. Because if you were willing to spend whatever you were willing to spend, I don't actually know what it's going to cost in South Africa. But if you were willing to spend, let's for argument's sake, say it's thirty thousand rand or twenty four thousand rand or thirty eight thousand, whatever it is, right? You know, on a normal laptop, why wouldn't you then be willing to maybe spend that kind of money on a laptop that is made from recycled elements? Because it's not just the body; it's the display as well. Mm, like yeah, yeah 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 you know i mean i think that this is this is amazing because it's 100 recycled plastic packaging and a 100 recyclable box as well then they say it's easy to upgrade repair and recycle so they're making sure you continue the cycle um but i think they also know that because it's expensive they've got to target the higher end because they'll be willing to spend the money and if you're willing to spend the money and more people buy it you know eventually that brings down the cost of the manufacturing it's like with foldable phones. Yeah. When the first Z Fold came out, um, you know, that price was not cheap. And people were not going to spend that kind of money. And they were only going to be like, it's new, it's novel, we'll do it. But now as you look, you know, we've gone to Z Fold 2, which is still expensive, I'm not going to lie. But you also got the Z Flip. Foldable, yeah. just, again, still on the slightly more expensive side, but not as expensive. So already you're seeing a slight drop in pricing. Not by much, but it's happening. And that's because the manufacturing processes and things that needed to be put into place, you know, and I mean, making something like a foldable glass display, which is just like, how do you do that? You know, all of those things cost money, but now because they've been able to start doing it on a bigger scale, you know, they can bring the price down. It's the same thing with these laptops. So I think this is amazing from Acer, but I'm also not surprised, not just because I've known about this for a while, but this is the company that Acer is. And I, I don't say this, you know, just because, oh, I, I do work with them on some other stuff, um, you know, and because they pay for 
a podcast on my other podcast. Um, <laughs> they don't pay for all the episodes, guys. I wish, but no. Um, but it's because I've gotten to speak to them. And the country manager, Glenn, like I've been able to have very open and honest conversations. Like the one I did with him recently, um, you know, I sent him that there are some other companies who do some great work, but I don't want to mention them because one of them is your competitor. And he's like, you know, essentially he was like, I don't care if we paid for this episode or not. If another company is doing great work and they deserve to be you know, acknowledged and sort of called out in a good way for the good work then say it, even if it's a competitor, you know, that should not be the reason why we don't talk about them. Mm. And you, just you so that thing of like, if you know your own worth regarding like Acer, then they, they don't need to be scared for anybody because they understand the thing. Yeah, but it's also a lot of the, the sort of executives and stuff. Like I know Glenn, for example, is involved in so many different sort of projects and things, you know, where he looks to help uplift people, educate people, empower people. And it, it's a thing that Acer, it seems to be like this ethos amongst the people that work there. And Again, like when you look at it from that perspective and then you look at them announcing stuff like this, I'm like, it's not surprising because the people I've dealt with from Acer, this all seems to be exactly the mentality and the mindset that they have. And I was like, this is who Acer is as a company. So I'm I'm really excited that they're doing this because this is not a big technological advancement, but it's a big deal for, you know, the planet. It's a big deal for um, the responsibility of tech companies. It's a big, big deal. And I think arguably it's a bigger deal than, you know, the 3D display on that concept D would just still pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go check out. Like, there's a lot of other stuff that they've announced. We can't get into it because it's it's actually just way too much. Um, but you can go check out all the big tech sites locally and internationally. Like, there's a lot of news um, about the stuff they've announced. I will hopefully be having a conversation with them. I'm not sure if it's going to be Twitter Spaces or Clubhouse or just a podcast or something. But we're going to be chatting about uh, the new stuff that they've announced especially as it gets closer to when these things come to South Africa, because I have heard that the Vero is supposed to be coming to the country. I just do not know when. I just do not know a price. Um, it is already up on the ASA South Africa website, just without a price, but it's it's there. So that also seems to indicate they're going to make a move to bring it here. So, yeah. But again, that thing of when, like I just, I feel like we must always wait. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just careful of waiting, but again, that's all we can do. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not. I'm not going to get into that. You're not wrong, but I think now we also need to factor in this whole chipset issue that everyone is facing. I that's think that's going to play a role as well. Yeah. So, so you know, at least they're, they're going to make an effort to bring it. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see this. Um, I feel like you know what? I feel like we need to stay on the laptop topic. Um, since we're here, why not? Let's just do it. But this is one of those those feel good things, um, which is nice in tech actually. So locally, there's a guy who is making. I suppose it's what is it? South Africa's first homemade or South African branded laptop. Um, he's from Shoshanguvi, and I just lost. There we go. I was like, I had the tab, and now I lost the tab. So I I found it. This guy's name is Mpubelelo Maklangu. Um, he 27 he is the owner of dot connect electronics and i'm just going to read a, a quote from a times live article you can also find this on Sowetan live um but it's a quote from him and this is what it says so the dot connect laptop was inspired by the national hard lockdown last year 
With movements restricted and many people working and learning from home, I decided to design a laptop that would be affordable for everyone, especially students. I thought about the students who depended on internet cafes because they could not afford to buy laptops, he said. So, so can I just, before we go on, right? How do you just go, I decided to make a laptop? Because <laughs> I go, that's that, that's the Tony, Stark, the, the Tony Stark mentality. We just go, you know what? I'm just going to make it. You know, there's a problem. I'll fix it. Win right now. So, yeah, big ups to this, bro, for really um, not only like having the idea, but also just pushing towards it. So, and I feel like this is a great platform for, this is what we should do with this platform. We should get you should get him on. We should get anybody that's in tech in our country that's pushing forward to come through and like discuss these ideas and we can link them to the links that we have also. But it's it's just also so great. Like I this really is a feel good because it makes my heart warm to go. He knows what our students need. It's not we don't need these top of the line because the top of the line student laptop is freaking expensive. Even the cheap ones are still expensive. And I feel like this is where it's someone from the people that knows what the people need. African solutions to African problems. That's what it is. Um, But also everything you're saying is just like, kind of what you were saying about the lossless audio thing. Like you look at these high-end laptops and if it's for students, well, do you need this? It's nice to have. And in certain use cases, you do need this. But does everyone need this? No. Um, and it's kind of the same thing here. And weirdly enough, it's kind of a discussion I've had with Glenn from Acer. It's in the podcast I did with him recently, you know, and he was like, yeah, there are challenges, you know, and there are certain things that need to be looked at. Not everyone needs these high-end laptops and there's a lot that needs to be considered. And again, it's, you know, it was a very open and transparent conversation with him. But the fact that someone from Acer and a company like Acer would acknowledge that, you know, there are these, these things that need to be looked at and addressed. I think it's a big thing, and I think it it speaks to exactly you know what this this guy is trying to do with uh, this laptop. Which wait, let me see the name of it because I was able to get my hands on the press release. Um, it's called the DTC. I'm assuming that's for Dot Connect. Uh, DTC 400. So I'm an, I'm I've actually got the email address for the PR person. I'm going to see if we can get him to jump on the show at some stage. But I've actually got some specs of what this thing is supposed to be. I do know though that he hasn't gotten ICASA approval yet. So even though you can go to the website and you can find him on social media, um, you're not going to be able to get your hands on it yet because waiting for ICASA approval. But here's the specs that I've got according to this press release. So it's 64 gig storage, 128 gig dual hard drive, SSD port, 14 inch display. Um, it says 400 milliamp hour battery. That cannot be right because it's a laptop and laptops usually don't even do milliamp hours. So I'm going to have to double check on this. Um, six, six gigs of RAM. It's going to be available online for 4,999. Um, you know, this is not too bad though. Cause you go, essentially all you're doing is typing and watching videos. You're not, I think as a student laptop, you're not necessarily using it for, like high-end processing power. So I feel like he's on the right track already with that. You're not wrong, but I want to check something quickly. Um, where is this thing? There we go. Um, okay, so what that is reminding me of a lot actually is what according to Acer is their best-selling laptop right now, which is the Acer Aspire 1. 
which is very much the entry-level laptop. It's 4999 so the same price as this, this guy's one. Um, Windows 10 Home is the OS. Uh, processor is Intel Celeron processor, the N4001. It's a 14-inch HD um, LCD, 4 gigabytes of DDR, uh, DDR4 RAM, 64 gigabytes storage, battery life of up to 6 hours. It's pretty much on par with what this guy's homemade laptop is, or homegrown laptop, should I say. Mm. So I think that that's also very impressive that you know, from an independent sort of maker and manufacturer, if you want to call him that, he's giving them. something that, yeah, exactly. He's kind of matching them in terms of specs with something from a global established brand and the price point is the same. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, I will reach out to the PR. Let's see if we can get him on. We can chat about it, see what's happening with, you know, the ECAS approval. Nothing we can do about it, unfortunately. But I do think more people need to know about what this guy is doing and what's happening in the country. Yeah, it's it's that thing of, yeah, because the, the more people know about him, the more people go, oh, it is possible. Then more people maybe also make laptops. Also, more people might help him. We just need to hear our own stories so that it gets bigger and gets the recognition it needs. And if you do want to check it out, um, the website is .connect.store. So you can go sort of get more information there. Um, but yes, I fully agree with you. Um, but I think it's... I think I know someone we can speak to to see if we can make this happen on a slightly bigger scale and connect people. Mm-hmm. Let that be your hint. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, okay. You seen? Oh, wait. Okay. We're going to make it a little bit lighter. There's something that you wanted to speak about. And when I saw it, I was like, wait, what? Why? Yes. Huh? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> that size says everything. So this is water gun. What's the name of it again? Wait, um, sp- isn't it like Spyro or Spira? Sp- Spyro. Wait, wait. It's it's the Spyro. Um... Yes, there we go. Spyro. Wait, I'm I'm pulling this thing up right and now. And it's the second one now. Spyro. Like... Spyro two. So there was a Spyro one. Wow, very original. It's a. It's not. Yeah, like digital. I won't say digital, but it's an electric water gun, right? And guys, I just want to go, why? Why do we need electric water guns? Wait, wait, but those are words that should not go together. Electricity and water. But okay. that That's the first two things. That, those two don't mix. But also, firstly, not everything needs to be digital. We don't you need have to, like, to charge it via a USB-C port. go to the beach. Now your friend didn't charge. Now you must play alone. Bring your power bank. Now, yeah, you must go to the beach with a power bank, not even for your phone, for your damn water gun. It's ridiculous. And at some point, someone's going to hack it and change the speed that you can shoot it. Now you can basically use it as a power washer. But you're seeing it's only water. What are you complaining about? If you get hit, it's only water. Don't cry, please. We know that, but your cousin is is very strong and he will make (laughs) you cry with that water gun. We all know that cousin. Some of you are that damn cousin. (laughs) Other thing is, guys... The Super Soaker was fun because you got to charge it yourself with the, with the pump action thing. The, it was training us for other days. But at the same time, it made sense <laughs> to to do that because everybody worked at the same level. Now your, your, your friend got the Spyro 2 Pro Plus Edition, which shoots harder than the other one. Now you, you can't play anymore. Now because they're going to shoot you broken. Please, not. I don't want stats from everything. Not, if, if something can be digital, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be. It's like, like, does a mouse pad need to give you stats on how to mouse? No. So don't do it. It's the same with a water gun. Just 
leave it. Not everything must be electric. And, and as this is, comes from someone who loves gadgets, like I legit sell my things up because I love gadgets. Meaningless gadgets. Stuff that's just a gimmick. I love it. But I'll tell you, a water gun, leave it alone, please. There's enough violence in the world. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you on all of this. What I will say is my contribution to this is, yeah, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And there's a lot of companies that could learn from this. And like the analogy I have is I got I got gifted this toothbrush from RLB a couple of years ago. Um it's a sm- electric toothbrush, you know, you gotta charge it. Um and when it when I forget to charge it, which I do sometimes, um and people look oh, but you put it in the stand. Well, stop judging me. Um also in South Africa it's not normal to have a plug in your bathroom, okay? Like please. It's also uh, not normal to have electricity in South Africa. That's another thing to need to do. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that did wow shots fired with the spire too. Um, but like this toothbrush I've got, and I'm gonna have a little bit of a dig at that Grantines here, but I've known him for like 20 odd years, so I think it's okay that I can have a bit of a dig at him. He won't be upset about it. But he was talking on on TikTok the other day about this uh, Xiaomi toothbrush he got. He's like, oh, it's Bluetooth connected. It can tell me, and if I brush too hard and give me my brushing issue, I'm like, yeah, but my Oral B that I got a couple of years ago does the same thing. But the question is, okay, electric toothbrush, fine, I get it. Why do I need my toothbrush to tell me? Oh, you brush for longer than two minutes. Oh, you brush too hard in this one area. Oh, this. Oh, that. Like, no. Because it connects to an app. I don't want rewards and points from my toothbrush. My toothbrush must just brush my teeth. That's all it must do. And I get an electric one. But an electric one must still work when the battery is out. Like, that's what I want. I also don't need a Bluetooth one. Because what? Is it telling me the cavities that I have? I also don't care. I'm just brushing my damn teeth the best that I can. <laughs> I, I don't, guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get angry and emotional for the, for 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 this point now. But please, not everything needs to be smart. And I was smart. You can't see, but I put inverted commas on the. the I could yeah. I could hear it actually. That's, <laughs> that's a scary thing. But no, it's a fair point, and I think. We're seeing a lot of this happen because everyone's like, oh, but, you know, as the world becomes more connected, not everything needs to be connected. Like, there's a smart kettle I've got, also a Xiaomi one. And I was like, oh, this is great. I can, you know, switch on the kettle from the bed. So by the time I get to the kitchen, my water's boiled. I can make my tea. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Can't do that. Cannot do that. And I was like, wait, what? Now, I didn't buy this. Um, it was sent to me by Syntec. Love those people. They've got some great stuff. on. Like, they seriously have some great stuff on that side. Um, but I get this kettle, and I was like, oh, I think I can do all the things. And then I'm like, but I can't. I can check the temperature. I can set the temperature. Because did you know, by the way, that green tea needs to, like, you make it with water that's boiled at 60 degrees Celsius. should not get hot hotter than that because if it gets hotter than that, then the tea becomes bitter. And I was like, that explains a lot. Um, it does explain a lot. But here's the other question. But Is it information that we needed? Is but, it information? You see, here's the thing. I can, I can set the temperature between 40 degrees and 90 degrees. So anyway, they've got presets for like, oh, you know, this type of tea or that or whatever. Um, and then you can set it to have like, a, there's a warm feature. So once the water is boiled, it can automatically go into this warm feature, which keeps the water at that temperature for up to 12 hours. And it does work. I tried. And that arguably uses less electricity than, you know, boiling the kettle every single time. But it's like beyond that, I still have to get up to go full the kettle. I still have to get up to switch it on. And I'm like, it's smart. Why? It's, it's the, the term that we use, it's, it's smart, smart adjacent. Yeah. 
it just it's, a, it's, it's above average. Yes, if you're gonna and do it like a, a like a report card, it's above average. It's not smart, please. And it's it's, it's a thousand rand. more than that. Mm. It's a thousand rand. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, I can't pay so much money for something because it still requires me to get out of bed to put it on. Yeah, and I'm not no. If something like I get a a bulb that's Bluetooth because I can stay in bed and it goes on. At a kettle in winter in this economy, no <laughs> ways, guys. I'm not leaving my bed to put it on. And now I get it can stay warm, but it, I must still. Uh, uh, no, uh, uh, you know what they must do? They must give us urns. They, I want a smart urn because it means that I can. You can put water in uh, via the app. It means that you can put it on via the app, and it's always going to be hot via the app. That's Isn't that basically what this kettle is? No, but you must still fill the kettle. You must still go put the kettle on. I want. I said basically, not exactly. I want to earn because it's going to be plugged into the water. That's what I want. <laughs> okay, so now you've got a business opportunity to do a thing here. Um, before you get even more upset, because I can hear upset you are, we're going to move away very swiftly. Um. Oh, wait, there's a lot of things to talk about. Okay, we're going to leave Google I.O. for right at the end because... I think, yeah, there was a lot to say there. But um, you talk about, like, the kettle and having to get up. I think these days, as people are like, hey, let's go visit people we haven't seen in a year, the thing you're going to do the most is boil the kettle for people to come in and visit you, right? So there's another thing you could do instead of having the people come and visit you because you want to talk to them, but you don't want to talk to them. So... You can use Microsoft Teams now to do that because Teams, which used to be just for business, is now open up for personal use, which is just like, why did it take you this long? <sighs> they, are, they are four months late on this thing because now I go, Teams is still Microsoft. Microsoft is not my family. <laughs> Zoom they want maybe to be the family. WhatsApp is the family. Teams, Mm-mm. Teams is for the office. Please respect me because also if you, <laughs> go on, if you go on Teams and then you say, oh, no, it's uh, Yasin is available. It's green. It's Friday night. Then your colleagues see Teams. Oh, Yasin is available. Yeah, let me send him an email. Yasin, can you just do this quickly? Oh, no. no. Teams, Why did you say that? I didn't teams, think of that. You stay at home. Teams, you must be in the office. I will use everything else for everything else. Don't come here with your nonsense, please. So you also late in September. We needed you. We already finished with this pandemic. We've already. I'm well, well not in this country. I'm set in my ways. I know your parents got their first shot of the vaccination, but the rest of the country is just like, so when is this going to happen? But your point is valid. But I think that's exactly... We figured this thing out. But I think that's exactly why Microsoft has done it, is because they know they're just business and enterprise, and they want to be part of your life beyond just business. I mean, they own Xbox, and Xbox has done fairly well. But I think... Remember when they tried to buy Discord, and then Discord was like, hmm... We can keep your $13 billion. We're going to IPO this. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, what? You know why I think Microsoft tried to buy them? It's because, remember when Microsoft used to have, what was the gaming platform that they had that they tried to combat Twitch on? Um, the one when, it's embarrassing. I don't Mixer. Even know what it is, there we right? go. Mixer. So Ninja went over. They paid him an exorbitant amount of money to, to leave Twitch and go there. He did. Then they shut Mixer down. And I'm like, he doesn't care. He's got his money. He can go back. Um. But you know why I think it failed? It's because they don't have a sense of community because beyond Xbox, Microsoft is business. So I think that if you look at the things they've been trying to do, because remember, they tried to make a move for TikTok as well in the US when Trump was like, oh, you know, TikTok uh -uh, can't have them and American companies got to buy them. They tried to make all these moves 
for these platforms that are part of your daily life that is mm-hmm. not business. And I think that that's what this is a part of. Microsoft wants to be a part of your home in a non-business way. And I, I get it. <laughs> it's but Microsoft, <laughs> you are the enterprise and the business company. Like, <laughs> think about this also. Think about the way they've been branding the, the, the um, Windows. You get Windows, what's a professional, and then Windows Home. There's not that much difference between them. But they kind of make it sound more approachable. This is the thing that Microsoft's trying to do. I appreciate it. A little bit too late, but thank you for doing it because it's better than Skype. But, Microsoft mm. is the teacher that's trying to be cool, and they must calm down. <laughs> so you mean the, the teacher? <laughs> they're the English teacher of the tech world. They really are, and the thing of they they wear jeans now. Now they're like, oh, you no, you're an idiot still. You're still a teacher. Like what's that meme? Cool. That, that meme? How goes it, uh, cool kids or something? You know which yeah. meme I'm talking about? Yeah, yes, it's yes, that. Yes. That's um, what they do. Uh, Buskemi. Yeah, it's that. Yes. We can see you old, but stay old. Stay old. It's like when, it's like, um, it's like, when, I shouldn't say this because I'm in the demographic that this applies to, but it's like when adults, uh, grown up people like your, your, your late 20s onwards, or even like your 30s, are like, yo, it's lit. Someone said that to me the other day, and I'm like, no one says that. How old are you? Someone who's younger than me. It's like, you know, I saw people say, I'm like, Stop embarrassing yourself. No one says that. It's also because you can hear them go, it's lit. <laughs> you know when they had to go into the into the dictionary to go find the word in the head. Mm-mm. Stop and now these people are starting to use like, you know, no cap. And I'm like, it's kind of still said, but you can see it's winding down. Like you're still far behind the times. Why? Who? No, stop embarrassing I, yourself. I miss no cap. Like I miss that wave. So I go, I'm not going to use it because it's not... I didn't go pick up those words, so it's fine. I'll carry on with my life. But you see, this is the TikTok experience. But anyway, so yes, Microsoft has launched Teams for Friends and Family. It's available. It works on all the apps and the desktop version and the browser version. If you don't want to download Teams, it's a thing. You can do it. It doesn't cost you money. It's it's there. There's an option. So that's all I've got to say about it, actually. Um, ugh, Twitter. We have to talk about Twitter. And I'm I'm just annoyed because this doesn't apply to you because you're already one of the chosen people, so whatever. Um, so I'm, up, I'm so upset now, actually. We got that tick <laughs> swank. <laughs> I'm actually just upset now, actually. Um, so Twitter has brought back verification because they stopped doing it in 2017. I, I do know all of this because I had to speak about it on TV the other day. Um, SABC show called Network. It's on DSTV. Check it out. Um, and okay how do i do the backstory quickly so they had verification before obviously you know this because you were verified um but go already wow okay it's fine i've been bragging about myself it's fine um it's self-promotion that's that's fine (laughs) um but the problem with it was no one knew what the criteria was. No one knew how you got verified. No one knew, you know, like who you needed to approach. Was there a form? Was there a thing? Was it if you got a certain amount of followers? Like, yes, you need to be, you know, notable. But what does that mean? It was a whole weird thing. So people were reaching out to like Twitter employees. Um, people were reaching out to sort of well-known people in the tech space. Someone like Matt Navarro, who's well-known in the social media community management sort of marketing space. He used to work at, I think it's TechCrunch or yeah, it is TechCrunch, not TechRadar. I can't, one of the two. Um, he used to work at number 10 Downing Street, which is, you know, Prime Minister's residence in the United Kingdom. Um, you know, people have asked him, like, you name someone well-known. They're like, can you help me out? And eventually, uh, 
an undesirable person, that's my term, got verified. And he was someone who was organizing marches, which were, wow, they were racist, misogynistic. It's like, pick a bad thing, and they were that. And, you know, he was essentially, he was a white supremacist. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so, so how, did this, how do we say in the media? Allegedly. You know, so I don't get sued. Um, <laughs> but there was an uproar when he was verified, and that was sort of the last straw. And then Twitter stopped doing verification. They were like, okay, we need to revamp this. We need to look at it. What do we need to do to fix it? We need to be more transparent. So over the couple of years, they've recently, I think it was last year, year before, opened it up to the public to be like, hey, tell us what we need to be more clear on. What do you want to know? Like they got some public involvement. Um, and then this past week, as of recording this, this past week, they finally opened it up. It's now available in your Twitter app in the settings. You can request to be verified. You've got to meet certain criteria and you've got to be what they consider a person of interest. So like a journalist or, you know, celebrity or a whole bunch of things. The list is there. I, you, mu you must be someone whose account could be copied. Which explains why they will probably never verify me because I... I went through the whole thing and made the request and I do not see a blue tick. So thanks, no, but Twitter. it's a thing of you... Um... You've also, you, you're, you, you, first of all, you spend time on Twitter, so they should be giving it to you. It's like a place, a place that you actually go to work. So I think, I think you will eventually get it, but they're probably also sifting through millions at the moment. <laughs> this is also probably true. Um, but yeah, there's a whole thing. So you've got to meet the criteria. Um, then you've got to, um, you've got to submit like a copy of your ID or passport, um, and then, must you like still when, have a website? Because I know it, a website was one of the T's and C's. It depends on. I, I assume it depends on sort of which category you're choosing. So for me, for example, I would choose journalist because that's what I am. Um, so for journalists, you've got to show either a website of your own or a well-known website. So like for internationally, let's say something like The Verge or BBC or you know, New York Times or whatever. Um, or the week in August over here. Um, probably Al Jazeera as well, to be very honest. I mean, it's a well-known establishing. So you've got to have your name appear there as like a writer, as a contributor, um, you know, recent works published. So what I did was I didn't use my own website reframed. I went as like, hey, I've been on TV, on network. So here's a link. You know, I do Metro FM. Here's a link, Metro FM. You know, I've been quoted in the August. Here's a link. I've been quoted here. I've, you know, written here. You know, those sort of things to be like, I am this person. I'm not making it up. You know, I, I am a journalist in this industry, blah, blah, blah. You know, so you've got to sort of show proof of who you are other than just your ID and why you are essentially worthy of this blue tick. So that's it. And then they say it takes up to seven days um, for it to be verified. And you don't get an email to say you verified. It's just the blue tick will appear. If you don't see it, then, you know, you somehow didn't meet the criteria. If you feel that you still did meet the criteria and you should have gotten one, you are able to apply again 30 days later. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I applied on Monday. So it's 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 Friday today. Um, I don't see a blue tick. So I'm like, mm, probably not going to happen, but it's fine. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I just want to come, my child. <laughs> I just want to see the special column or thing that you guys have with your verified <sighs> status. It's just we verified people see verified people's tweets. That's all that it is. It's nothing extra. They, mm. it's, it's so basic. Like, you know what the thing is? It's very basic once you have it. But if you don't have it, I fully understand the thing of wanting it. But it's really, hmm. 
Yeah. I, I do need to go. Um, I must still do mine for Instagram though, but Instagram is a, a bit more um, tight when uh, giving it out. This is just sounds like a thing that rich people say. Oh, it's not that exciting that we summer in the Hamptons. I mean, you get very used to it. And the house is in a state of disrepair. And, you know, we um, we only have a parking garage for five cars. So really, I don't know what you're concerned. Um, mm, I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm like, it, I don't have it. I want it, okay? Just, like, let me let me dive the FOMO and want the stuff. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I understand and I see your complaints with the system. <laughs> No, the system was designed like this. So it makes you want this stuff, and this was a problem. Capitalism. Um, yes, yes, actually. Speaking of things that I want, there's something that I want that has been rumored for forever, and I'm like, at this stage, is this a real thing? You know, in the words of Queen, is this real life or is this just a fantasy? Because I'm starting to feel like it's not going to happen. Um, I'm talking about the Nintendo Switch with an OLED display. Like, we have heard about this thing on and off, rumors of it for like, what, two years or something? Now, there's another one saying, hey, it looks like it's going to launch in September, October. And I'm like, this is what you say every year. Um, but now there's rumors saying that, hey, they might announce it uh, at E3 or just before E3, which is next month, June. Um, and I'm just like, do the thing, Nintendo. But these rumors are killing me. Like, at this stage, it's like, if it happens, it's going to be great. But there have been so many rumors for so long, no one's going to care anymore. Uh, at the same time, it's like, if you don't do it, we're not going to care either. So. Yeah, they also they killing their own hype by 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 boosting it and then dropping it and then boosting it and dropping it. They've actually it's been happening to the games for for quite some time or so. But like as a yeah, it's time for it's time for the second one. It's time for the Switch too. That's I, I I've, if they bring out just with one with the OLED screen, I'll be upset because don't call the, it the Switch too. If Samsung makes if Samsung were responsible for this, it would be the Switch FE. Yeah, but I don't want the FE. I want is I want a stronger machine, a bigger machine that can do better things. Not bigger, but you know what I mean. Like it must be a more better powerful, machine in overall. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't want something where they just go, "Oh, here's a new screen. Oh, here's." I don't want the FE version. That's what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. I'm just gonna get pissed off because we've no. waited long. How long is the switch out now? I know. I know what you mean because I mean they bridged the gap with the switch light. Because so, I've got that and I've got the Switch. Um, but according to Bloomberg, they're saying that it's supposed to come September, October. Uh, manufacturing is supposed to start in July. Uh, they may announce it before E3, which actually begins on the 12th of June. And it's supposed to use silicon from NVIDIA, which is just like, that would be impressive. Um, it's going to work with DLSS technology, so 4K output to your TV. You're talking about 4K. And supposedly going to have a 7-inch OLED display made by the best people to make a mobile OLED display, Samsung. Okay, I've actually that 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 sounds like a vibe. <laughs> like that sounds like a thing you want. So yeah. And by you I mean all of us. So I don't know. We'll see. Like I would like it to be a thing. I'm not gonna hold my breath. I'm, I'm like if it happens, it's gonna be amazing. I probably won't be able to afford it because I'm a freelancer. Um and this is why we work in the industry. <laughs> I mean let me see what I can do. <laughs> Let me see what I can do. Actually, you give me an idea. Let me see what I can do. Um, but yeah, like it's a thing. Let's see what happens. It'll be great if it doesn't. If if it does, if it doesn't, I'm not gonna be upset about it because at this stage, whatever. Um and then and then and then and then and then before we move into the final final thing, there's a couple of little things I just want to throw in quickly. Um, sort of speed down kind of things. Um, one is Amazon. 
who bought MGM. So now they're the people who own the studio who basically does James Bond. I don't care about anything else in that studio. James Bond. So that's something. Um, Amazon is too powerful and... I feel like the UN needs to stand in now <laughs> because UN. yeah, because the 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 conglomerates are becoming too big. It, it's a, it's actually a problem because if Amazon owns MGM, yeah, yes, they're gonna they basically own then 007 as well. I mean, it depends on what the licensing agreements are. The agreements are between you know the family and and MGM, but basically, yeah. Uh, but it's a big thing for Prime Video, so there's that because they've got to go up against you know the likes of Netflix and well Netflix because um, Netflix also and, is and making Disney, a... Disney as well also. It's okay, wait, okay, we're gonna we're gonna get into Disney in a second. Um, but the reason I say Netflix is because Netflix is making a pivot which is very unusual. They're pivoting into gaming. We don't know exactly what they're gonna do, but they're moving into gaming, and I'm like. Everyone's making moves that we didn't expect. Well, okay, the Netflix thing I did predict a couple of years ago after I spoke to Charlie Brooker, the creator of Black Mirror. I, I, this is what I do. I'm good at this, okay? I'm not even going to pretend I'm not. I am. Um, but yeah, they're making the pivot there. Amazon's made the pivot into this, and they kind of needed a movie studio uh, to sort of bolster the offering. So we don't know exactly what they're going to do with it yet, but it's a lot of money that they spent, and it's a big move, and it now firmly puts net, uh, Amazon in Hollywood, which is just something else so that happened um we're not going to go further into that because that's going to be a whole other thing um instagram instagram has finally given you the option to not display likes which as soon as i got it the other day i turned it off i was like i don't want to see how many likes people got on the mediocre posts yeah i also did the day i put my likes off like i, I actually saw because they did a trial to a few months ago and then i was mm-hmm. like okay i'm waiting for it and as soon as i i saw it was available then i'm like my likes are gone yeah, no. I, w- I wasn't. I wasn't watching likes, but it's nice that it's not there. I I fully agree with you. Like I said to my friends, oh, like like I just said, yeah. Now I don't have to see the you know the tons of likes people give mediocre content. So I don't even care if I sound salty. I'm gonna own it. I am gonna be the Baroness from Cruella, and if you haven't seen Cruella, you should go watch it. But you maybe don't need to go watch it at the cinema. Um, it's fantastic to watch. There's no storyline that makes any sense. So if you're gonna watch it, you're gonna watch for escapism. You're gonna watch it because you love the '70s sort of punk rock music because it's filled with that, and the '70s punk rock um, fashion because it's essentially in London in the '70s. It's a great show. Emma Thompson's phenomenal. She's like a Disney-fied version of Miranda Priestly, and Emma Stone, who plays Cruella, is just fantastic in this role. And Sam Spiller from Burn Media said, based on this, you can kind of see. Emma Stone becoming a new gener- a new generation Glenn Close, and I'm like, I see it. You're right. That's a a big a, a big uh, shoes to fill, but yeah. uh, I, it is possible though. But yeah, so I mean, that's who I'm channeling, and that also ties in the whole Disney thing. You're saying because Disney owns everything right now. They're in the movie space, and even in that, it's not just Disney. It's so many things, like the Marvel franchise, you know, like Star Wars. Then there's Disney Plus, which we still don't have in the country, and no one wants to tell me why. Or when it's going to come. I've asked Disney Africa and they're just like, we don't know. Um, like, Disney's everywhere and Netflix used to be the one you need to worry about. Disney's the one that everyone needs to worry about. And I think that's what Amazon is trying to do. They're trying to level the playing field and be on that same space because, you know, Amazon wants to be everywhere. So, yeah. Um, and then, then we're going to wrap up with the biggest news of the last couple of weeks, which is Google I.O. And Google I.O., is their big developer conference they do every year. 
Um, and I find it very interesting because it's it's for developers, like I said, but it, it gives you showcases of what you can expect from the company going forward. And they usually showcase um, like the new version of Android. So this year it's Android 12. And John Prosser that I mentioned at the beginning of this the whole podcast, he sort of leaked some of the stuff that was going to come with Android 12 and it was spot on the money. There's a whole material redesign, which from my perspective is really to make this thing sort of more in tune with you and your day and how you use your device and the colors and the shapes and the sizes of things will adapt as you use them. And I'm like, this is great. It says a lot for what I think is going to happen. Apple. That's not even a word. Apple. Happen with uh, sort of personal computing and ambient computing. But I think that's a discussion for another day. Um, I know you like what they've been doing with, with, or at least what we're seeing is coming with Android 12. Here's the thing. I, I firstly like when things get an upgrade. I love upgrades and I like when things feel different and better. So I, it's also the thing of they've never failed with a new Android. Not not once did they bring out one that was like, no, we should have got, we should have skipped that, kept the other one. So I feel like. Um, actually, I disagree with you. Which one? Which one it's, did they mess up so bad? It's called the Pixel 4. That thing did not sell. That was a disaster. No, I'm talking about the upgrade um, regarding like the the Android. Uh, the, you mean the, operating system? The operating system. Words are failing me. But I mean like, because I've never gone in, like with Pixel. I've always been Samsung and Huawei. That's basically been the only two that I've been rolling with. I also feel like <laughs> Pixel is not my problem because it's in, not in my country. So, yeah. Is, yeah. No, but it's a thing of like, it's not in my world. I don't know people that use it. So they've got it wrong, but that's their problem. I'll, I'll be fine on the side. But, okay. You're not wrong. I do know people who own Pixels actually in South Africa. Um, problem with well, it is they bought the... you. No. Okay. <laughs> these are people, you know, are connected. Like I'm connected, but these are people who are connected and they have money in some cases. Um, but yeah, okay, Android 12. Um, I think it looks really cool. I'm very curious to see like when we're actually going to get it because some of the integrations in there, like you can now get Google Assistant in the power button. I'm like, but Samsung's been doing this for like two years. And again, this is the thing about how these OEMs, original equipment manufacturers, you know, who work with Google. So like while we used to be a big partner with them, I think I said a couple of episodes back, they were one of the first to actually do dark mode, which then eventually became standard in Android, but it came from Huawei. And the, the gestures where you're swiping from the edge came from Huawei. You know, now you're seeing the same thing happen with Samsung. Samsung tested or had Bixby in the power button a couple of years ago, about two years ago. And now it's going to be a standard for uh, Google Assistant in, you know, the upcoming version of Android. So it's things like that. But also what is really interesting about IO is how many times Samsung was mentioned and how prominently Samsung you know, stuff was spoken about and displayed at this thing because I'm like, this has never been done before like that. It's usually they're gonna face Pixel out. Pixel is leaving. Watch you know that. what you know what I think is gonna happen? And I think you're right. I think that Samsung is gonna become the pinnacle of Android, and I think Pixel is gonna become the one for the enthusiasts. Like like OnePlus used to be when they started. Yeah. I think that's what's gonna happen. And I think it makes sense, but I think it puts Google in a very dangerous position. No, I, the thing is, Android is essentially Google, but I feel like they're going to do, you know, how, how LG would be the experimental phone. I think that's what they're going to do with Pixel. And they go, 
let's do wild shit with Pixel. When the thing is refined, we push it to Samsung because Samsung's got it all down already. So Samsung will be the Apple of Android. <laughs> Does it make sense? I mean, I don't have anything to say after that. So I'm, I'm yeah. Does it make sense though? It does. Do you, no, it, like, it does. Yeah. But anyway, yes. So Samsung. So one of the ways that they were mentioned was digital car key, which they announced with S21 series earlier this year. But it's now going to be baked into Android. So it's not just going to be available to you know select uh, Samsung devices. It's just going to be a thing. So if your phone is compatible, then it's going to work. Obviously, if you have a card, it's also compatible. So that's one thing. But the other big thing is Wear OS for smartwatches, which has been a disaster from a, <laughs> from a Google perspective. And again, I'm not even surprised. Um, they have now, they're going to be merging it with Tizen, which is what Samsung's been using for like, you know, the Watch 3 and that, the Watch Active um, series of stuff. So those things are merging. So they're going to get the best of uh, Tizen for watches and then Wear OS. And now it's going to be a thing. So that means that the next Samsung smartwatch, which we obviously haven't seen yet, is going to be powered by Wear OS, which is the first time in years that that's happened. So there's another way Samsung was just like all over the show there. Um, I don't know. It's just weird because even when they had one of the people from Samsung speaking in the video, he was hyping up, you know, the, the foldables and stuff, which is fair because they ob arguably make the best foldables you can get right now. Um I mean, the Z Fold 2 really was my favorite phone of 2020. But I think it says a lot for what is going to happen for the future foldables and rollables if you see Samsung talking about stuff like that at Google I.O. But again, that's that's a thing we haven't gotten to yet. Um, but another thing that I love from I.O. is the thing with Google Photos, with um, how they're processing darker skin tones. Because this is the whole thing about representation matters and seeing yourself and people like you accurately portrayed in the media whether that media is tv or video or just a photo it matters and google has finally done something to fix it because they have admitted that hey you know it wasn't quite accurate before we've done work to fix it uh marquez brownlee actually did a great youtube video uh, mkbhd did a great youtube video where he sat with sundar pichai after io talking about these things and that's one of the things he mentioned and sundar was saying you know his daughter his young daughter mentioned this and was like, you know, she likes this. This this makes her feel seen. And I think that's the thing. It makes people feel seen. It's seen as what they should be. Not seen with like filters that need, filters that must lighten your skin, filters that must uh, do other things for your skin to be like, yeah. So it's the thing of the cameras on phones won't, won't misrepresent us, <laughs> if it makes sense. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a small thing that I think is going to change the world and the way people see themselves and the way people interact with people of other skin tones. Sounds so weird. I mean, that, say, but yeah. No, but, but that's exactly it. That's exactly what it is. Because it's also this thing of, you know, when you talk about accessibility with technology, it's what people see as little things that have a big impact on your life. Um, and it's it's always to do with people of color or differently able people who are, I think, most affected, you know, proportionally most affected with stuff like this. And it's usually like most people don't think about it because, oh, it doesn't impact me. And this is not to pick on anyone, but I mean, isn't that the definition of privilege? Yeah. So I'm I'm glad Google's doing something about this. It might seem like a small thing, but it's a, it's a big deal. Um, but the final thing that I want to talk about, which is 
probably the most exciting thing like in terms of just the future is here and i kind of alluded to it when we spoke about acer um sorry i can't think about it and not just like want to start laughing and smiling because i'm like this is this is the best thing i've ever seen in my life um it's called project starline so when they sort of show showed it off at google io they did a video and the video was with like google employees oh, i still to come to the office for a call you know i was confused why didn't he do you know the whole thing and they sit down in this like i don't know like a room like a like a photo booth size thing i don't know what you want to call it um and then there's this massive display screen thing um so it's like the size of like a like a vanity mirror but you know when you've got this makeup table whatever you know in your room like it's huge and then you see them having what you think is a video call with like you know friends family loved ones and then you realize this isn't a video call this is essentially they, they say it's 3d but it's basically holographic um and it looks based on the videos it looks so real like they're in the room it's life size there was no lag and i was like i don't know what universe google lives in where they have this kind of internet but okay um but it looked so phenomenal and it's not available publicly um it's not even available to every google office yet so they're still trialing and testing it out uh, they say they might roll it out to some other companies to try out later this year but it looks so cool and i was like this this is that star trek holographic technology um maybe even star wars okay maybe not quite but this is that kind of thing where it's like star wars edit as well we yeah, um, wasn't the same yeah no but star wars actually had a, a good version of it when they when the council sat together and each of them sat in their seats okay kind of look like that okay okay that okay that's fair i, I didn't think about that because when i talk about star wars i talk about the good ones you know the original ones but okay. you see Star Wars is a family, and you accept the whole family, all the misfits, the good ones, and the bad ones. So oh, no, no, I accept them, but I don't want to talk about the other ones. <laughs> so, you know. No, but this is the thing. It's like, this is the future. This is the future, and we're seeing it more and more. Like, we're seeing it with, you know, the spatial stuff that uh, Ace is doing. Now we're seeing it here. And with... Facebook. Don't forget about Facebook's um, bands that they have as well. Um, that's going to be the other game changer that we saw. We spoke about it a few weeks ago. Um, so yeah, we are fully in the future, guys. Like, this is remember when we have those arguments about VR and AR, and I know you're gonna be like, oh, but you know, couldn't have existed without VR. Fine, show sure, whatever. But this is why I keep saying that AR is the way forward, and it's the one that's gonna have a bigger impact on the world. Because if you look at what companies like Apple are doing with um, what's the thing, L- lidar, and like the laser depth sensing things that like Samsung's doing, oh, it's for better photos and videography. Yeah. That's the immediate benefit. That's not why they're really doing it. I'm telling you now, I know things. I can't say what the things are because people made me sign non-disclosure agreements and it's not even about Samsung and Apple. Um, But there's really cool stuff coming in the future that's going to build on technology like this. And I think you're going to see it become a little bit more mainstream and more useful faster than you think. That's all I can say about it. But it's exciting. And I'm, I'm here for all of it. The other wild thing as you go, we talk about this now by the end of the year, where we're going to be. Like they, it's gonna like everything is gonna step up every every week. It 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 gets bit, bigger and better. So by the end of the year, which is a few months away, what will we have in our homes and what will exist in the world? Sorry, I'm just trying to picture it, and I was like, okay, I can't. My brain can't actually do that. Um, but. <laughs> 
on that very mind-bending note, I think we're gonna we're gonna end it up here. I think it was a good wrap up of two weeks worth of stuff. Yes, yeah, um, Anything to tell the people before we go? <laughs> um, stay home. That third wave is coming, guys. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't actually know what to follow that up with, but if you know of people that you think would be great for us to speak to, you know, we're doing. Doesn't even have to be great in terms of this is going to change everyone's life in the country, but things that are going to have an impact in the technology space, whether it's making their own sort of homemade, homegrown laptop, should we call them, or just doing something to uplift the community, but it's using technology. Like, let us know. You can find us on Twitter. Um, you can head to reframe.co. There's a contact us page. Email it, Email me at info at reframe.co. Um, Yasin's phone number is 07. I actually have no idea. Off the top oh, we do not for you. <laughs> um, you can WhatsApp him. But, just for me. <laughs> but seriously, like, let us know because we'd love to, you know, connect people. And even if it's just giving them an audience to speak to, or, you know, we can reach out to our contacts and be like, you know, in the media, be like, hey, you should maybe consider covering this. You know, like, let us know because that's what we want to do because I think that that matters. And this whole thing about African solutions and African problems. I think not enough people know what we're capable of in this country and I think we need to celebrate that and showcase that and also not shy away from these other challenges. So what do we do to solve it? So help us out so we can help other people out. And that's me. That's great. I know, I know. I know. This is very unlike me, so yeah. You know, end it now, end it now. This is the time. I'm done. I'm done. Have have a great day. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll catch you in the next episode. Safe.